Now at five, a murder trial coming to a close. The latest in the trial of an Austin police officer and what we know about the next steps. Another beautiful day across central Texas, but two cold fronts are on the way in your first warning forecast. A proposal at the state capitol this year billed as targeting sexually explicit performances failed to pass into law. But we're taking a look at the likelihood it could reemerge next session and affect drag story time at Texas libraries. Outlaw, a KXAN investigation continues coming up. But first, we're continuing to follow two major trials here in Austin. The murder trial for Austin police officer Christopher Taylor and the murder trial for an Austin local, Caitlin Armstrong. And today, two big developments in both. The first, Christopher Taylor's trial has ended in a hung jury. Thanks for joining us. I'm Daniel Marin. And I'm Britt Moreno. Now, this is the second time a mistrial has been declared in this case. Our Grace Reader has been covering this from start to finish and has what's next. Jurors deliberated for four full days, roughly 35 hours. Defense attorneys say that eight of those jurors believed Christopher Taylor was not guilty. Four of them disagreed. Ultimately, the jury could not come to a unanimous decision. That requires me to declare this case as a mistrial. Wednesday, Judge Dana Blasey declared a mistrial in the murder trial for Austin police officer Christopher Taylor. It'll be up to the state to determine if he'll be retried. The idea that they have to go through another one of these, I think, is it's really troubling to them and, and to me. But at the end of the day, the interest of justice demand that the district attorney retry this case. In the event that they intend to do that, obviously we will be ready and we will try this case as many times as it takes to get a not guilty. Christopher Taylor left the courtroom silently, did not react when the judge declared that mistrial. But his attorneys started their remarks by giving us some insight into what Taylor is thinking. First of all, Chris asked us to convey uh, the fact that he's very, very sorry and traumatized at this event. Meanwhile, family members of Michael uh, Ramos did not show up to court Wednesday. The Austin Justice Coalition, who's been working closely with the family, was present and says what happens next is up to Ramos's loved ones. We're going to move in concert with them, um, you know, in terms of whatever they want to see done, both, you know, be between now and another trial, as well as, you know, be here to support them uh, through another one if uh, assuming that, that there is another one. The law enforcement community saying they'll be back too, if that's what it takes yeah. to support Taylor. We'll be ready to come back here as many times as it takes until Chris is acquitted. A reminder that Taylor has been indicted for murder in two separate cases. As of right now, both are still pending. Back to you. All right, Grace, thank you very much. Uh, now the state rested this morning on day nine of the Caitlin Armstrong murder trial, and their final witness was an intelligence analyst who showed jurors an interactive timeline showing what happened in the hours before police say Armstrong shot and killed pro cyclist Mo Wilson last year. Now that report also tracked data from the victim's phone as well as the phone of Armstrong's then boyfriend, Colin Strickland. KXAN's Brianna Hollis has today's update for us. Brianna, Colin Strickland testified at the start of the trial and the defense just called him back today. 
Good evening. So I was only able to listen to about 15 minutes of his testimony before stepping out. But so far, most of it has been about a meeting Strickland had with police on May 17th about some vandalism that occurred at his and Armstrong's home a few days prior. Now, you may remember May 17th is also the date that police issued an arrest warrant for Armstrong. But records show at that point she had already flown out of the country. Now, when the state originally questioned Strickland, they asked him explicitly if he killed Mariah Wilson and he told prosecutors and the jurors he did not. I'm going to go ahead and head back into the courtroom now, listen to the rest of his testimony, and I'll give you guys updates for the 6 o'clock newscast. Back to you. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, can't buy better weather than this. Our stretch of wonderful autumn sunshine continues. Today, a little warmer as predicted. 74, pretty much right on target with what's normal this time of the year. It's now 70 as the sun gets a little lower in the western horizon. Only a light breeze here in Round Rock with traffic slowing down just a bit. It's 70 on the dot back in Austin. Very comfortable area wide. Some of us starting to see some 60s out there on Main Street in Fredericksburg. Coming up in your forecast, it's a colder night tonight. I'll show you how low temperatures get where we may see some fog on your morning drive tomorrow and we're also tracking two cold fronts over the next week how that may impact Thanksgiving. Thank you so much David. A new report shows Austin's airport ranking not so sky high. The reasoning for the reviews and fear grows overseas. We have updates on the war between Israel and Hamas and the rush to get people evacuated safely. A new report from the Wall Street Journal ranked Austin's airport pretty low, number 28 out of 30 mid-sized U.S. airports. Now, the report pulled from government data as well as traveler surveys. Austin's lowest score centered around issues with on-time arrivals, average taxi in times, and security delays. AUS did receive higher scores for its non-stop destination options, its traveler lounges, child facilities, and the costs of taking a rideshare from the airport to downtown. On the opposite end of the list, Houston's William P. Hobby Airport ranked in the top five, while Dallas Love Field Airport landed in the middle of the pack at number 19. KXAN did reach out to the Austin Airport for comment, digital reporter Kelsey Thompson will have their response and more details on Austin's ranking at KXAN.com. Well, our second dry day in a row. Not great news for the lakes, although at least they're not falling today. Travis and Buchanan both holding steady and less than half full. Your first morning forecast looking toward Thanksgiving after this. Does anybody know what a drag queen is? All week, we're taking a closer look at the legislative policies and proposals impacting LGBTQ Texans, including a bill some worry would have stopped drag story time at libraries across the state, how similar measures are playing out in other states, and the likelihood of this proposal reemerging next session in Texas. I'm KXAN investigator Josh Hinkle, and that special report, Outlaw, is coming up. Outlaw, a KXAN investigative project unfolding all week. Our team is looking at the connection between a 50-year-old state law banning homosexual conduct and the record number of legislative proposals introduced in 2023 impacting LGBTQ Texans. The debate surrounding many of those bills focused on children and families. Some passed into law, some are challenged in court, and others are bound to resurface in future sessions. 
limits on children viewing sexually explicit performances, which some worry could include drag shows, became law in at least five states this year, including Texas, according to the ACLU. Of those, Montana is the only one to specifically bar schools and libraries from holding a drag story time. Teachers and librarians there could also face a $5,000 fine for violating this law and possibly have their credentials revoked. KXAN's Will Dupree looks closer at what happened when Texas tried something similar and whether it will again. Ready? The shoulders on the dragon go shimmy, 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 all through the town. I like the baby shimmies. Those are <laughs> Keeping a crowd's attention comes easily. Does anybody know what a drag queen is? When you're Bridget Bandit. What's a drag queen? You. Me! She looks like she stepped off the page of the picture book. She's reading to this room of families. The hair on the drag queen goes up, 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 up. Invitations keep coming your way to lead these story times. Being around kids is so much fun and I see their excitement and joy in their faces when they see somebody who looks as bright and bubbly and colorful as I do. She defended these reading events for kids. Look at them and all their little blushing cheeks. When she went in the same sparkly pink dress and wig to the state capitol during the last regular legislative session. None of us want to have children at our drag shows at the gay bar at 11 p.m. on a Friday night, and there are already laws preventing that from happening, but we do want to continue our events like drag story times that are intentionally modified to be appropriate for children. The legislation she spoke against that day, Senate Bill 1601, sought to strip state funding from any public library in Texas that held a drag story time. Some in attendance expressed support for creating such a consequence. There is no debate that this is highly inappropriate for children. These shows are not Mrs. Doubtfire innocently reading fairy tales to children. However, the opponents who testified outnumbered the bill's supporters by nearly 50 to 1 and often returned to the Capitol to demonstrate. We're Texas too. We are, we are, we are. The Senate passed that bill. Its author, Republican Senator Brian Hughes, repeatedly cited one example as justification. Uh, it, we've learned that certain libraries in the Houston Public Library System used to host these door hours until they were alerted by the public that one of the participants was a registered sex offender. That incident in question happened in 2019. The Houston Public Library admitted it did not do enough to check that performer's background. While the library system declined our request for an interview, a spokesperson confirmed its programs today do not include any drag queen story times. The library further added it condemns social inequity in all forms and steadfastly supports the freedom of speech and freedom of expression. It's unfortunate that library didn't do their due diligence uh, before hiring um, any vendor to come into their space, whether they're working with kids or not. Jonathan Hamilt leads the national children's literacy nonprofit Drag Story Hour, which has 30 chapters across the U.S. The organization had no involvement with what happened in Houston, but Hamilt points out every one of its storytellers must clear a background check first. Recently, laws passed in Arkansas and Florida led Drag Story Hour to close its chapters there. Texas has two chapters. We're 
keeping a close eye on what's happening and how we can support our chapters to keep going. His nonprofit is maintaining its Texas ties, partly because of what happened to SB 1601. The Texas House never took up the measure, so it did not become law. Senator Hughes did not respond to our request about whether he'll revive it next session. Our entire third floor uh, is just for kids and teens. And that's what the people who work at Austin yeah, Public yes. Library yeah, are watching closely. Sure if other similar legislation or really any legislation um, came up that uh, targeted the freedom to read, intellectual freedom, public libraries, um, Austin Public Library and the city of Austin are going to continue to monitor uh, what comes out of the legislation and speak up when necessary. One law Texas did pass this year was Senate Bill 12. Its language did not include the word drag, but critics say how it described a sexually oriented performance could be interpreted that way. A minor seeing that kind of performance could result in fines against a business and possible criminal charges for a performer. Bridget Bandit and four other plaintiffs sued the Texas Attorney General and other officials to keep them from enforcing this law. A federal judge agreed with their arguments and ruled the law unconstitutional. The state now did appeal that decision and it could be a while before we know the final outcome. All right, legal pushback is also happening in other states, right? That is true. For instance, that law we mentioned earlier regarding drag storytime events in Montana is also tied up in the courts. All right, more about Texas performance ban tonight on KXAN News at 6 and on KXAN.com. Online now, Outlaw, the digital investigation. Watch the full docuseries and explore our interactive elements on a half century criminalizing LGBTQ plus Texans. Check out additional stories on the record number of legislative policies and proposals impacting your community. And listen to a new season of our Catalyst podcast, taking a closer look at our team's personal and professional experiences shaping this report. It's all online now at kxan.com outlaw. Josh, Will, thank you for that. And now it's Wednesday. We are mm -hmm. just over a week out, if you can believe it or not, yeah, from Thanksgiving. <laughs> I crazy. cannot believe it. And the weather has been so beautiful. You want to just hang on to this if you've got yes, friends or family right. coming in town. Yes. The thing is, this pretty stable weather from day to day this week is not going to last into next week. Mm -hmm. We do have some changes that are coming eventually. In the meantime, we're enjoying a beautiful sunset. It sets at 534 tonight. Right now it's 518, so it's getting pretty low on the horizon. Sunshine, 70 degrees. The mold count is low and trending even lower. Love to see that over the past day. The rain-making storm we had a couple days ago is still slowly marching eastward away from us. The weather pattern really not in a hurry to move from west to east over the past five or six days. But in its wake, sunshine, courtesy of a big high pressure. Remember, high pressure means the air is sinking down on the earth. That makes it hard for clouds to form and really impossible for rain to develop. But here comes the change. A big spinning storm is slowly approaching the west coast. This is the one that may not bring us a ton of rain as it looks right now, but it will help bring two different cold fronts to the area. Remember the past couple of days, we've been pretty pessimistic for how much rain we may see from this. And now the rain chances are even lower. Sunday and Monday, only a few scattered showers on the rain coverage graph. And it looks like our rain totals in the backyard quite low as well, under a quarter of an inch over the next seven days for those who do see rain. But here's where the storm system really does affect us. It helps push a weak cold front in here on Friday night. After a near 80 degree day on Friday, we're back to the lower 70s like today. By Saturday, after a slow temperature climb, this is the stronger front that may impact your Thanksgiving. A strong cold front sends temperatures well below normal next Tuesday and Wednesday. High temperatures may struggle to reach 60 degrees with very strong gusty winds before Thanksgiving. 
down in the tropics told you I'd update you on this yesterday and here is the update still no official storm developing yet but still a moderate chance that this disturbance not far from Panama may develop into a weak system as it moves toward Jamaica Cuba Haiti and the Dominican Republic new today we have a new disturbance just off the coast of Florida contributing to flooding rain in southeast Florida there's only a 10% chance of tropical development with this notice both of these trajectories are away from the US and nowhere near Texas even if they do form Tonight, back here at home, clear skies and cold. 48 degrees in town tomorrow. That's three degrees colder than last night. Light north winds, a little patchy fog. Closer look at the visibility maps at sunrise tomorrow. It shows a little bit of valley fog in parts of the metro, but the main dense fog concern is in our eastern counties. Some visibility is out on the Highway 77 corridor, maybe a half mile or less. So plan for that in the morning. After that, beautiful sunshine and a 73-degree day. Light north winds slowly transitioning to the south and east. That'll help fuel a warm-up on Friday. Temperatures get knocked back a little bit Saturday. There's your 20% chance of a shower under mostly cloudy skies Sunday and Monday. Then comes the colder wind. Very windy weather next Tuesday, ushering in low temperatures in the 30s by Tuesday night. And as it looks right now, that cooler-than-normal weather will stick around through Thanksgiving Day. 8-14 to 14 day outlooks look a little chilly overall. Hey, Thanksgiving approaching also means this. Our Friendsgiving challenge continues, but only for just over another week. So now is the time to kick off the giving season. Grab your phone. You can scan the QR code or just type in kxan.com slash Friendsgiving. If you're able, we would love a donation for Team David taking on Team Kristen. Did you know that one in four children right here in Central Texas are at risk of hunger? And one in seven adults are as well. More than 90% of the folks that this food drive helps are not homeless. They may even be some folks right down the street in your own neighborhood. Thank you so much for helping us out with the KXAN Friendsgiving Challenge. President Biden meeting the Chinese president for the first time in a while. The concerns they're hoping to resolve. RFK Jr. Cuomo. Live. The independent candidate shaking up the presidential race, stunning poll numbers, and the threat he poses to both parties. What he says he has to offer the American people tonight on Cuomo. And tomorrow, Democratic presidential candidate Dean Phillips is live with Chris Cuomo. Why he's challenging the status quo with his campaign for his party's nomination. Plus how he really feels about President Biden tomorrow on Cuomo. The Israeli military is raiding Al-Shifa, the Gaza Strip's main hospital, in what it says is a targeted operation against Hamas. The raid intensifies fears for hundreds of civilians, including dozens of premature babies trapped in that complex as supplies are running out. An official from the Gaza Health Ministry, which is run by Hamas, says Israeli officials and soldiers have been questioning people in that hospital for hours. Their queries include whether there is a Hamas or Islamic Jihad, or both, headquartered under the hospital. The U.S. government says it has seen intelligence that supports the theory, but the National Security Council says it does not want to see a firefight in a hospital where innocent people are trying to get medical care. President Biden and China's President Xi Jinping met today for the first time in a year in an effort to get relations between the two countries back on track. A priority is to restore critical military-to-military -military communications Adding to the tensions, though, China's combative approach toward Taiwan. 
The leaders also want to navigate economic competition and disputes over the theft of technology, also hacking and trade, along with China's close ties to Russia and Iran. Donald Trump's attorneys have filed a motion for a mistrial in his civil tax fraud case in New York. The document claims a bias on judge overseeing on the judge overseeing the trial. It also claims the gag orders imposed on former President Trump also show a bias. New York's Attorney General Latita James responded to the motion saying in part, Donald Trump is being held accountable for the years of fraud he committed. Tonight on KXAN, it's Quantum Leap at 7, followed by Magnum PI at 8 and Chicago PD at 9. Then you can check out KXAN News at 10 o'clock tonight. Or you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 over on CW Austin. Here's where to find us.